I'm Paul. This is a podcast where two librarians look at pop culture cornerstones from their childhood and decide if they're good enough to be shared with the next generation of nerds. Tonight, we are welcoming special guest Pat. Hello, Pat. Hello. Hello. Pat's, um, Pat is one of our good friends and also shares with me a love of movies and TV and watched a lot of Nick, I'm guessing. So we're happy to have him because as we all know, that's not really a thing in Paul's past. Paul, do you have a um, bad synopsis for us? Sure do. Seven abandoned preteens try to survive a perpetual summer camp run by an intellectually disabled counselor and his imaginary friend. <laughs> his imaginary friend? <laughs> nice. Is this Wet Hot American Summer? or? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, saw a synopsis myself, and I know you don't need me to tell you what it's about, but focuses on teen campers, strict and bossy counselor, various capers and jocularities that they engage in. Mm. And I just thought, plus 10 on use of the word jocularity. <laughs> so wanted to share that with everybody. Yeah. That's right, folks. We're talking about Salute Your Shorts. Salute Your Shorts aired on July 4th, 1991 through September 12th, 1992. There were two seasons and 26 episodes. It was created by Steve Slavkin. Stars Kirk Bailey, Eric MacArthur, Michael Bauer, and Danny Cooksey. The There's no like audience score, but the Rotten Tomato meter is 75%. Oh, wow. Which, hmm. yeah. So, <laughs> um, what was everybody's experience as a kid? I'll go first. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Zero. I did not know this existed. Uh, this was a cable. This was for rich kids with cable. I, I think Paul not... thought I was joking with him when I put this on the list. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, I have zero experience. Never seen this before. Never heard of it. Nickelodeon. I knew of. This but, is the uh, second yeah. Nick one we've done this uh, season that you have never that had never watched before. So I'm interested nope. to see your thoughts. Nope. Pat, what about you? Well, I had cable. Uh, I, I don't know how rich we were, but right. uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I saw uh, Salute Your Shorts, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, which I know you guys already did, mm-hmm. uh, Pete and Pete, personal favorite uh, there. Pete and Pete. Yeah. Um, really just kind of like a block of that preteen, uh, Hey Dude, there you go. Hey Dude, one. yep. Uh, that, you know, that block of that, that preteen abandoned kids, uh, <laughs> getting Not into this adventure sort of <laughs> genre. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, uh, dude, is this on a ranch? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It had a much better theme song, though. If you ask oh, me, yeah. Dude. And everybody was a little bit more attractive. But we can. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, redheads with mullets not doing it for you. <laughs> I have notes. <laughs> yeah, I watched the shit out of this. I feel like and I was surprised to learn that there was only two seasons because I felt like I watched it a lot more than that. So Nickelodeon really got their money's worth out of this. They just kept Especially because that. they paid everybody nothing, which I will get right. to. But yeah, so Pat, did you remember liking it? Like you had fond memories or like I mean, yeah, I liked it. I don't know if I ever was like uh flipping through that uh or not flipping through but watching that uh guide scroll by him like, oh salute your shorts. <laughs> Right, the fucking guide. <laughs> I feel like it was just something back then. You just watched it because that was all there was. It so, was like, it was on. Yeah. Um, I like remembered it fondly, though. I guess so. Um, so I was kind of excited to. If nothing else, we remember the theme song, right? Which we can talk about when we get there. But man, I sort of forgot about the fact that you had to like. I had to like read a book to figure out when TV shows were on. 
Like the TV guy. You had yes. to flip through the TV guy and be like, when's my show on? Mm. I remember that I thought that the the scroll channel, the TV guide channel was like a huge like innovation. But it you was. Had to it really for was. like 25 <laughs> minutes to wait for your shit to come up. Well, then they started playing stuff on there. So then it mm-hmm. was only like a third of the screen. Yeah. and you yeah, Right. <laughs> that was sometimes more entertaining than anything else you were going to flip. And now you're just watching the TV guide channel like a schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, I forgot about all that. Okay, two trivias and a lie. Ready? Sure. Pa- Paul is so ready. Um, uh, <laughs> loves it. I, I don't know how Paul even has a chance. He's got no background on this. <laughs> I mean, because it's usually so so based in fact and history. <laughs> all right. Danny Cooksey, who plays Budnick, recorded an album titled Renegade during the filming of the second season in 1992. Actor Eddie Furlong sings Back Up. Blake Soper, who plays Ronnie Pinsky, wrote and performed the song Spectacular Views, parenthesis, salute my shorts. Uh, with his band Rilo Keeley, Danny Cooksey sings backing vocals on the album. Awful Waffle is a ska punk band that was formed in Brick Township, New Jersey in 2006. It's a music theme. It's a music theme. <laughs> I know that the, that the band in the middle actually exists. I was trying to figure out if I knew that guy from anywhere. So, would you say Rilo Keeley? Rilo, Rilo Keeley? Ke- I something. Yep. Yeah, I Ronnie watched Pinsky. a song. So I know that Danny Brooksy and and him formed a band at one point. I think they formed that while they were filming the show, or shortly after. But I don't know. I do know there's a band called Awful Waffle. I'm not yes. clear as to whether or not they are ska. <laughs> <laughs> But the Eddie Furlong thing is kind of that one sticks out to me. Why do I? Th- why is Eddie? What does Eddie Furlong have to do? Well, so with they were in Terminator Two together. Yeah, uh, he's uh, Danny Brooks. He's his, uh, like an assistant while they're robbing that ATM. Uh, see, I think Beth just made that up because she's like, "Oh, he's in T 2 But I, 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 that's how I'm feeling too. I don't think they were in a band together. So number one, is that your final answer. Yep. All right. You- you guys fucking got me. You got yeah. me. That was a solid effort, you have to say. You have to admit. That's good. Mm-hmm. So for the record, he totally does have a band and did write an album during this, but it was not called that. And for long, it was not involved. So the album was called Refugee, and the band name is Ready, Bad, for number four, good, no spaces, capital B, capital G. Bad for good. Uh, <laughs> so, and he wrote a song for the, the Budnick and Dina in Love episode. You know, there was the whole thing about he was going to write a song and he did write one and they didn't end up putting it in. Like there was, it was cut for time or whatever. Um, he but sings he, a song. I watched that episode. He like weirdly raps. It's not yeah, the song. Yeah, so they, yeah, they yeah. Went with that rap instead. It's not the song that he like wrote. <laughs> So, yeah, so that is, um, that is the, that's the false one. So, yes, Rilo Keeley is real, and... I want to know how bad his song was. Dunno, it's got to be out there somewhere to watch. This is a lyric from the rap that I wrote down in my notes, which was, you're the floss in my teeth after a mouthful of popcorn. Romance. Romance. That's that's how I hope to be proposed to someday. (laughs) I want someone to feel that way about me. It's just, it's just lovely, really. So Awful Waffle is a punk band, and it, that same year, it was also um, made into professional wrestler Chuck Taylor and innovated a pile driver called the Awful Waffle as his finishing move. So that one got a lot of play. Mm-hmm. I have more fun facts. Go. 
So Camp Anuana's name is supposed to sound like I don't wanna, um, which reflect how they felt about being at camp. The creator Steve Slavkin is the voice of Dr. Khan, and the show is based on his 1986 book, Salute Your Shorts, Life at Summer Camp which he co-wrote with Thomas Hill. So Nickelodeon was under pressure in 1990 to create more original programming. They wanted to compete with the Disney Afternoon and shed the image of the Game Show Network because of like Double Dare and all of those the slime. game shows. That's what I remember. The slime that were popular at that time. But they didn't have any in-house narrative programming. So there had been another show called Camp Candy on NBC that was going on about a summer camp. So they asked uh, Slavkin to adapt the book that he wrote. And that was the genesis of this. So in the pilot, do you remember, though, wait, wait, do you remember what? this being attention? You were like, I'm going to watch Nick. No, I'm going to watch Disney. I'm going to watch Nick. I'm going to watch Disney. I didn't have Disney because you had to pay for Disney. Oh. Well, mm. so but I think the Disney afternoon was like on ABC or whatever. Oh, maybe it was. That was like, you could catch that on the way home or when you got home was like yeah. Tailspin, DuckTales. Well, like oh, uh, that yeah. after school those. block, that after school block was like important viewing time because yeah. I mean at least for me it was before my mm-hmm. parents got home to tell me to shut the TV off mm-hmm. so no but the actual Disney Channel was not part of regular cable when we were kids here oh, so okay. it we I didn't have that ever um, occasionally there would be like a free weekend <laughs> but I didn't ever have that so in the pilot uh, Bauer's character of Donkey Lips was the antagonist and Cooksey played his sidekick so the rules were reversed because it took about a year for from the pilot to like filming the final, you know, filming the real show. And um, Cooksey had grown taller and was, you know, spunkier or whatever. So they kind of switched up how that was going to go. And they recast pretty much everybody else. Hmm. Um, Slavkin walked out of filming to protest Nickelodeon denying the cast raises for a third and fourth season. Uh, they were infamous for underpaying their child actors. And consequently, wasn't renewed for a third season because the network wanted them to move to Orlando and Nickelodeon Studios, but they didn't want to move from Los Angeles and they weren't, you know, making enough money. Nickelodeon was under pressure by its parent company, Viacom, Viacom, to reduce its budget so that MTV could fund production of, want to guess? Real World. Beavis and Butthead. Oh, nice. <laughs> real world solid guess. <laughs> Cooksey record. Oh, I already read you that one. A retrospective documentary about the series titled Forever on Awana is in production. <laughs> so no. look forward to that. Okay. No, Paul says just no. I, the number of things that we've gone through in this. Oh, there's something new in production and then nothing ever happens. That's it's true. Amazing. I, I, yes, that is very true. In every episode, there is a hidden rubber chicken with a cigarette in its mouth. So I don't think I saw it once, but I read that in more than one spot. Um, So if you watch it, then you let us know. The earth earrings that ZZ wears in select episodes were actually earrings that the actress herself owned and she wore into her college days. I remember those earrings very specifically (laughs) Um, and wanted them. In Bunga Chief Elections, a scene where ZZ scored a goal on the soccer field had to be taken over 30 times because Megan Berwick, not very athletic. And she has... (laughs) She has, quote, weak feet. <laughs> weak feet. Weak feet, which, I mean, I don't know if they're talking about me, but they're not. Is that, like, is that like donkey brain? Like, I don't, like, what, I, what is this diagnosis? Don't know. Uh, originally, the extra who played the goalkeeper was supposed to dive for the ball, but they got annoyed and stopped diving because <laughs> they just shoot it so many times. <laughs> so if you watch it, the extra who's the goalie just stands there and, like, lets it go in. Um, Donkey Lips chipped a tooth when he ate his macaroni. 
It's crunchy, oh. dry macaroni. And uh, Michael Bauer, Danny Cooksey, and Venus DeMilo guest starred on another Nickelodeon series, Wild and Crazy Kids. Pat, do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. I watched the shit out of that one. Steve Slavkin's favorite band is ZZ Top, so hence the character is ZZ. It is never officially explained what an awful waffle is, but it involves syrup, a tennis racket, whipped cream, and a leaf blower. Um, and the quote about the casting was that uh, Slavkin said he was looking for kids that had no acting experience. They used almost no makeup and hair. Um, they wanted crazy hair, buck teeth, regular humans, freckles, you know, all of that. So they wanted them to look like real kids. So that was what they were going for in there. And those yeah, my that's fun. what they got. That's what they got. But I, I don't know. I don't know how... Pat, your first watch went, and um, or Pat, your rewatch, and Paul, your first watch went. But I mean, that is what they got. And I remember, like, this was to me one of the first shows that I saw, like, kids my age, like, being on a show, like a scripted show. Can I can I just stop here and say I, I have an anti-commercial for this episode? <laughs> my anti-commercial is fucking Paramount Plus. Yes. Oh my god. The, I'm not worried because they're never going to sponsor us, but they can eat a dick because. Yeah. Here was this was my rewatch. I was like, "Hey, cool. There's two seasons of this and there's only six episodes in a season. I could watch a lot of these." Mm-hmm. No, that's absolutely not. If you go watch it on Paramount Plus, sees I watched all of what they have a season 1. Turns out, I watched season 2 episode 4. Season 2 episode yeah, 5 is here. not available. Mm-hmm. Season 2 episode 6, season 2 episode 10, season 2 episode 12, and season two, episode 13, which is episodes 17, 18, 19, 23, 25, and 26 in the series. And they make you That's what season one is. I didn't watch any commercials. I don't know where you got the commercial thing from. You messaged me that you did. I, every no, time. No, at the beginning, I, it would just be like, you're watching like, Nickelodeon on Paramount yeah. Plus. And then no, a second time, you're watching Nickelodeon on I Paramount Plus with a like different Tony the title Tiger card. commercials. Oh, I didn't see any of that. No, Pat, where did you watch it? <laughs> <laughs> I watch uh, Paramount Plus, but uh, no commercials. Just the same thing with the Nickelodeon deal. Ugh! Wow, I, I had to listen to a Tony but the Tiger. That was song, season like, one. I watched like a weird bit of season two. I watched episode one of Budnick and Dina in Love, and then I went mm-hmm. to watch the sequel, number yep. two, and it's not, not available. There. I was like, not what there. the shit? So I, yeah. I feel like I'm accidentally paying for that service, and they should me too step it up a little bit. I'm accidentally paying for that also, and I yes. watch commercials. I was mad. Uh, minus five Paramount Plus, even though yeah. your logo is cute and has pride flag, it is <laughs> insincere. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, minus five. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but the sorry. episodes that you did see, yeah, what'd you think? <laughs> well, at first I had no idea what was happening. Because I started in season two. I don't know. It wasn't like, they were just like, here's some characters and they're doing some stuff. I can't tell you that there's a lot of setup when you watch the pilot, really. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, did you start with the pilot? Yeah. So I started with, uh, I think, first day of camp, the one where Michael gets there. Yeah. And they make him salute his shorts. And they make him salute his shorts. Oh, oh, that would have been watched. some context. Yeah. I yeah. Don't yeah. understand That's that literally the only context for the name of the show is it right there. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's the end. I just thought it was the flags up on the the, and the first boxes thing that, up on the flag. Paul. The first thing that anybody says to anybody is major mistake. Food bites, bugs bite, everything bites. <laughs> no one likes camp. Okay, but this theme song though, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything more iconic at this for this like age group. Like to this day, it makes me wanna fart. And then yeah. it's. I hope we never park. Get it right or pay the price, Butnick. I hear that in my head so often. Get it right or pay the price. Like I yeah. hear that in my head all the time. I will say that I find myself not infrequently uh, humming that or singing it to myself. Absolutely. Yeah. We hold Just... you in our hearts, and then 
you know, they like they can't sing, they screw no, up, yeah. and like the kid's voice cracks and he just looks at the camera like, meh, I don't know. Like <laughs> I love that. I think it's still charming as hell. If nothing else, I very much enjoyed the theme song. That is what I remembered the most. And I enjoyed it. <laughs> Fucking Donkey Lips Man, he uh he was in Evolution, which I really I liked. Was. He was in- I was trying to figure out the whole time. I was like, yeah. I know this kid from somewhere. I know him from somewhere. I finally looked it up and I was like, oh, it's Evolution, clearly. Yeah. I was so excited to see him in Evolution. Me I was too. like, it's Donkey Lips. <laughs> <laughs> Um, It's funny because knowing that they originally cast him as like the snarky mean one is funny to think about watching it how it is because also I cannot imagine Budnick is anything other than that asshole. (laughs) (laughs) He's exactly the same asshole in Terminator 2. (laughs) I think that's all he's ever played. I mean, that haircut. Wasn't. I don't know. He, uh, he, had, he was like in 30 seconds in Mom and Dad Save the World. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. John Lovitz. He's mm-hmm. like their kid. He's an asshole for like 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he showed up on set anywhere he got hired and he was like, all right, let me lay this asshole down and then get on out. <laughs> for sure. That was like his whole jam. He looks exactly the same, but with like a goatee now. I mean, he doesn't have the mullet, but yeah, I looked him up. I always like to look up stuff like this to see if people are still doing stuff. He does a lot of voice acting now. Um, from what I can tell, um, I looked he up some a... of them. Yeah, which ones did Me- you look up? What, uh, I looked up. Well, Megan Berwick is that her name? Zizi mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is like a humanitarian. She got her super degree in political science or something, so she and was works all over life. the world. And yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what that means because I don't know what Zizi's like on the show. But Dina left acting and is like a like an attorney. Now. Yeah, she's like a lawyer, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I looked up Meg. the guy in Rilo Keeley. Kylie, the Rilo Keeley guy. Uh, that he and he was the guy from season. I think he's one of those that I think bad. is really familiar, but that guy's familiar from this show. I'm pretty sure mm. <laughs> for me. Budnick has a skin mag, and for fifty cents he'll hold it, and for a buck you can turn the page. Yep, very yes. disturbing. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, they're trying to tell him there's a dead raccoon in the bed, and he goes, "Is this where he died?" And Sponge goes, "No, it's just where it suffered." <laughs> Which. I feel like in the first couple episodes, Sponge's delivery is really good. But then in, by the time we get into the second season, he's just kind of yell, like speed yelling. Yeah. His lines, I felt like. So I don't know. I don't know about all that. Uh, Dr. Kong calls for them to all gather and calls them Braves and Squaws, which I don't love. That's, well, yeah. that's what the show started with for me was I watched the beginning of Budnick and Dina in love is like oh. Ugg yep. with the two Sponge and Donkey yeah. Lips. And they're dressed up in the full headdress thing, and they're and little Indian braves, and yep. yeah, not cute. I was that's like, not oh, cute. good, this is a good start. Um, that's so nineties, yeah, like, it is. that dressing up fucking white kids like indigenous people is so such like a thing that happened in the nineties, man. I don't feel like that happens in a lot of episodes, but definitely happens a lot in that episode. <laughs> yeah, can I ask about back to Budnick? What's up with his voice? Why does he sound like an eighty-year-old man? unclear <laughs> he's got like this weird raspy sort of he does lower it's part voice. of what I makes don't... him a, a punk ass i think okay it's like I he's got he's, a smoker voice or something he's like the 90s version of scott farkas from the christmas story <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looks a little bit like him that's what i'm saying <laughs> he's, he's fulfilling the same role i feel like <laughs> Weird voice, tragedies of hair and 
just get like just i don't know i don't know budnick's hair in the second season is really like just huge and and, and really well like and like sponge's bowl cut really evolves from yeah. first season to second season like and i feel like as the second season progresses they lose that like they all have really like defined characters at the in the beginning like you are the brain and you are the shallow one and you are the sports ball girl and blah 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 like and then the second season i feel like it becomes like donkey lips and sponge become buds yep and i oh, that's what I, yeah that's what I yeah i kind of liked that well because that's not in the beginning you know donkey lips was really the lackey for budnick and is donkey lips donkey lips seems clearly to me to be the fat friend of that we've talked about in many <laughs> of things fat friend a lot and it's there's a whole weird body shamey episode there's a lot of like fat food jokes like there yeah. is which isn't cute well i mean if you go back to the slavkin's book there's a whole section on the fat kid at camp mm. oh is there yeah. well yeah i mean it's of its time right but yeah uh yeah i think the, the episode you're referring to is the one where uh sponge needs to gain weight and uh donkey lips needs to lose weight for the wrestling yeah. thing they yeah. want to get into wrestling and uh. so yeah i think that they um you know, it it actually, this is going to sound terrible. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be because the episode started and you know that's the premise. And I was like, oh, no, it wasn't quite. I was afraid it was going to be grosser if that yeah. <laughs> like, but it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't cute, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, goes, do you think if I lost weight, I wouldn't get picked on so much? I am a little husky, you know. Um, but they have this whole sweet conversation where they're imagining what their futures are going to be like. And Sponge is saying how he's going to be, you know, a, a scientist and innovator. And he's going to like, oh, he wants to be like Elon Musk. I think. <laughs> like, I don't, we don't need to get too far into that. But, you know, he's like talking about all that. And, and um, Donkey Lip says he wants to play football and, you know, smooch cheerleaders. And they're like just daydreaming about how great it's going to be. But they kind of have this like nice friendship in the second season. And they're kind of on the outside of the other kids' antics. Yeah, they more definitely were. In that season than they are in the first season. Um, so I thought that was kind of cute. And there's a whole subplot in that same episode about time capsules. Do you remember? I feel like time capsules are a very 90s thing, or maybe it's only a thing you hear about when you're in elementary school. Yeah, I, yeah don't I don't think that we made as many time capsules for people to be opening. So I don't know if it was like a 90s thing so much as it was like a 60s, 70s thing. <laughs> right. that we were oh, okay. In the 90s. <laughs> okay. So and yeah, everyone was we... like, this is really lame. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Here's a bunch of garbage that somebody <laughs> put in the ground. Yeah. That's the one. That's the last episode. The Anawana Inc. with, with yeah. the birdhouses. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that one. Yeah, with the birdhouses and they go I was like, on wow, this is a union episode. Yeah, it was a union episode. <laughs> she, and she's then, like, we're going to hire day laborers. What the fuck? <laughs> and, then, um, and then at the same time in real life, uh, What's-His-Face was like, was on strike to try to get the right? actors more That more was the pay. last episode of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, it's really funny. There's one in the first season where it's like a... It starts with a video. It's like Blair Witchy, and then um, it's the ghost story one. Did you watch? Did, did you watch that one? Zeke Pat? the plumber. You, you missed Zeke that. The, Zeke the plumber. Oh, no, it's real. Huh? It's real bad, Paul. Um, it's like a take on like those like B horror movies, you know. So he tells the scary story about the woods, and then there's like Zeke the plumber's coming after him, and they're all trying to scare Budneck in the night, <laughs> and he super weirdly booby traps everybody with snacks, which like. 
Sure. Um, the dream acting was especially horrendous in that episode. There was, was a lot of dreams with like scary Zeke the Plumber mask. That was real bad. <laughs> well, what I love about Zeke the Plumber. All right. So the whole story of Zeke the Plumber is he lost his nose, was bitten off by a parrot while he was fighting somewhere. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. <laughs> And then, so he can't smell anything, and I, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but I think essentially he, like, uh, accidentally broke open a gas line while doing some sort of plumbing. and Couldn't, couldn't smell, smell it. it. And he blew up. So, um, <laughs> so now he haunts kids' dreams, but to cover his very, or like, his burned body, he wears a Zeke the Plumber mask. So it's like an old man mask, but it's also got the nose, like, cut off, and it's got, like, what the hell is this? It makes, <laughs> makes no sense. No sense. And then, like, <laughs> when Michael's having the dream about him, he wakes up and it's like they're in the cabin and he's just plunging a toilet. <laughs> a random cabin toilet, just freestanding, like they're in a jail cell. Ah. <laughs> uh. It was it was great. It was uh, I think it was supposed to be like a Freddy Krueger homage, and, and they did mention Freddy Krueger. I literally in the wrote he's the Freddy Krueger of custodians. Oh <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <the> story. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. maybe I have to go back and watch this. Also, I just realized again, fuck Paramount Plus. You get twelve episodes, one of which just says unavailable. One you have to buy for two dollars. <laughs> if you really want to watch the, the fourth episode, you have to buy it. Everything else is there. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Michael's biggest fear is that people find out that he sleeps with Harry the Hippo. Mm -hmm. And Telly's biggest fear is being a priss, quote unquote, aka wearing a dress and having to Wait, go to a Wait, which one's ball. Michael? Michael is the blonde kid in the first season, but if you didn't see yeah, him in the first they, season, then you might not have oh, seen him. Oh, he didn't him. get cut out? Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he gets replaced by Pinsky in the second season. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the rest of them are all the same. Unclear why. Because, like, in the beginning, the setup is that Michael is the new kid. And the rest of them involved in what? They're stuck there like the Hotel California. I don't <laughs> that's know. What, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> These kids are all dead the whole time. This is hell. <laughs> oh my God, what if it is? <laughs> that makes it so much creepier. <laughs> Why are they always um, picking up trash? I feel like every episode I watched, they had to pick up trash. Was that just the go to punishment? That was a punishment a lot in the second. And the first one, I remember they did the I have to hold water buckets out yeah. with. As punishment, and then the minute Ugg turns, uh, <laughs> Budnick throws the water on Michael, and then he stands there again with empty cans, which was pretty good. <laughs> why is there only one counselor, and why is it Ugg? Let's talk about Ugg. Can you explain Ugg? I feel like watching Ugg, at least in the second, all I saw was the second season bits. Number one, there's something clearly wrong with his mouth. Like, did he have a stroke or something? He's always doing stuff with his... I feel like he's the, whoever the actor is is really trying to channel Jim Varney. He has like a very earnest vibe to him, mm -hmm. but he's sure. kind of not like whatever level Jim Varney's on. This guy's not quite to that level. Right. But I just didn't get the mouth stuff. He was always doing weird things with his. Pat, like, don't you feel lips? like Artie, the strongest man in the world, also made really weird faces in Pete and Pete? Yeah, but I feel like that was more in character for Artie, the I strongest disagree. man in the world. But yes, is this a thing that we thought was a shorthand for being funny? Was just making weird faces. Yeah, maybe, yeah. He's very slapsticky. He's always hurting himself and getting into like I don't know. I, I watched one. He was they were printing a newspaper, and he's apparently in charge of printing the newspaper. And he's like 
slapping himself in the face with ink and yeah. it's just like these weird little vignettes of him doing something really stupid that has almost nothing to do with the rest of the story. There's like one where he's chasing a fly around and the fly beats him up. Like he, he literally it is going, it's the right. camera shot is from the fly's perspective. And he's chasing the fly <laughs> with a fly swatter and he misses a bunch of times and knocks a bunch of stuff over, hits the fly. It falls on the ground. Like the camera goes to the ground and he goes in for a close up. And then it starts flying around and smashing him in the face with the camera. Like the fly is beating him up. That's oh, it. There's no. no connection to the rest of the episode. It's just this like 30 second little story of Ugg being beaten up by the fly. <laughs> well, I mean, he's the primary antagonist of the kids, right? So in the second season, he kind of becomes like friends with Sponge. Like Sponge yeah. is like hanging around him a little. Um, but in the first season, he's really focused on revenge regarding mm. Budnick yeah. pretty much. Like a um, lot of revenge, like a lot more revenge than an adult in charge of those kids. Should be. <laughs> like I got picked on a lot by a kid that looked like Budnick when I was in high school. And now. it's just a smidge too much revenge is all i'm saying maybe just dial it back a little bit yeah well they didn't you know they had to that was his character uh that was the only (laughs) the only thing they could tell him about his character white stuff for his nose always wearing that hat Mm -hmm. pretty much pretty much all we got there but there's really no other and it's unclear how many campers there are there's a lot of like extras that randomly Mm -hmm. show up and go but we're just watching the cool kids Right, we're just watching the cool kids, except we're watching Sponge and Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> These are the coolest kids at camp. I like. Um, I have a question. Did you guys ever go to camp? Yes, tons of T- times. Tell us about camp. Uh, tell us my... about your nemesis and the ghosts that you saw there. <laughs> I was a Boy Scout, so I went to lots of Scout camp. Same here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there was not uh, a, ki- a camp counselor who got chased by a fly. I don't recall that. Um, no, I don't. I don't remember a uh, ghost plumber. No, I do remember you guys trying to scare me at camp. There was a hell of a lot of appropriated Native American uh, imagery and idolatry. Dare I say? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so when I saw that at the beginning of that episode, Paul, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, mm, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Oh, man. I will tell you a camp story. Yeah. Uh, my very first, I think that was my first year at camp. There was an older kid who apparently there were instructions with the adults that this older kid was definitely supposed to have his own tent. Most of the time, we were paired in tents, two people to a tent. And instead, so the the patrol leader of my little patrol, so you're broken in these patrols, you have a patrol leader who's like another kid who uh, really abuses their authority. That's what a patrol leader does. Decided, no, he wanted his tent to be by himself. So I, as the youngest, littlest kid in the patrol, got put in with this other kid. Oh, no. And um, at some point, this kid had to go to the nurse because he had apparently not changed his socks during the entire time at camp and could not get them off because they were like, growing things on his feet so he had to go home because he had moldy feet um and i was in a a very stinky tent for the the duration of too bad your nose didn't get eaten off by a parrot and then you wouldn't have had that problem yes i I don't i don't think i have a uh uh, a moldy feet story (laughs) that can top that that's 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 impressive 
Mm-hmm. How long were you there? Was it just like a standard week? Uh, no, I th- so I can't remember exactly. When I first started going, we were, it was very much, a, our, the, the leaders of this troop were very much like, we are going to the most remote, uh, farthest away camp that we can find that's right. in within driving. We would, this was up north Wisconsin. This was out in the woods. This was just like, we're going to the hardcore camp. We're not going to the camp that's just down the road an hour where you have like nice tents and things. We're going to the one where... We were like in army tents that were the mostly open on the bottom. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were going to the hardcore one. I feel like I was there for maybe like 10 days or two weeks or something. But yeah, very that's much. A, that's enough time to grow some mold, I guess. Oh, yeah. God. God. I mean, you got sometimes you got to change them a couple times a day if it's wet out. Like, you can't be doing that. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Is that why he needed his own tent? So he could grow mold in peace? I don't know. He had other issues. So sure. uh, yeah, very much. But <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun week. Or 10 days or whatever. Wow. Yeah. Yikes, stripes. I did have fun at camp sometimes. No. But... The only ghosts I ever encountered at camp were Pat trying to scare me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were too easy to scare at camping. I am too easy to scare uh, always. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I remember, you know, enjoying peaceful nights looking at the stars and then... <laughs> Remember the kid running with the nightlight? He was so scared. With the flashlight, he was so scared. Um, I do remember that. Things get scary in the middle of the night, so I could, I would not, I would not have been ballsy enough to try to scare my friend. I can tell you that. I would have been like, I'm gonna sit this one out. I don't like pranks. I'm gonna stay in my cabin with my mm. book. Yeah, for sure. I, I have a question. The maybe the most disturbing thing in this entire show to me is in the episode, the last episode, Anawana Inc., where they're building the birdhouses and they call popsicles. Ice lollies? Ice lollies. What the fuck is an ice lolly? Uh, I um, have no idea what region that's from. Yeah. <laughs> Not here. Can so- somebody please needs to write in and tell me where the hell ice lolly comes from. And I have really never heard that. I was lot. like, they say it a lot. Think, do you they think that's Donkey Whip the- saying it? Do you think Popsicle is maybe like a trademark? Well, that's, what I, that's the only thing I can come up with. Maybe they couldn't say Popsicle for some reason. That's... Oh. I, so I think Popsicle is a trademark. Maybe that's it. Yeah. It may, there's got to be a reason because that's fucked up. Um, they say it a Ice lot. Lolly. And that pizza that they try to bribe him with looks horrendous. Looks gross. It does look gross. <laughs> so gross. I've never seen a TV pizza that looked appetizing. Yeah. Definitely that not looked, that, that one. looked like a camp pizza. It yeah. looked like a DiGiorno that somebody heated up over fire. <laughs> it looked gross. Mm. Yeah, that was all ridiculous. I like that there. So there was like the Butnik loves Dina, but there wasn't like they're too young to have too much like romancy, crushy stuff going on, which I thought was kind of good. I think well, they that- have some. There's like some adultish sort of jokes or references. He says, like he says, oh, he likes her because she looks great in a bikini. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you're kind of too young for that. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe not. I didn't, I didn't get the, the porn mag thing that happened. I didn't see that one. But yeah, that wasn't like the first or second. That's episode. like in the pilot. But yeah. also tells uh, Ugg to pluck off. That's him to pluck off. We're talking about chickens. He tells him to pluck off. That's amazing. And that just seems that's fine with everybody. Yeah. That's uh, you know, oh man, Dina has this caboodle, which I know means nothing to you, but I wanted a caboodle so bad. It's this like hard, it's like a tackle box. It's a pink ass tackle box for your lady makeup, and oh, yeah. I they were expensive, so of course 
I did not have one and I wanted one so bad because there was such cool commercials. And I feel like if you ever really got one, then your shit, none of your shit would fit in all those tiny sections. Like you just have to put it in the wasteland at the bottom, um, which is I feel like what happens with tackle boxes mm-hmm. in general um, and also sewing boxes, which is what I currently have. But I think when I was a kid, I thought Dina was like glamorous. Um, and now when I watch it, I think Telly is so cool. <laughs> like... And I remember really, I remember thinking that Dina was, which is what you're supposed to think when you're 12 or whatever. Like, I thought she was glamorous and I thought that ZZ was so cute with her, like, save the whales and her, like, earth earrings and her, like, weird flighty pacifism and caring about the environment. Like, I just thought that was so cute. But now I think, I I really thought, like, Telly was really great. And I also thought Venus DeMello was the coolest name when I was a kid. I thought that was the coolest thing that I ever saw. (laughs) That she was named Venus DeMello? I, I was like, was what's cool. happening right now? Why her is last, this a real? It's like her first and middle name. Her last name's Thomas. Um, oh, but that's like okay. her. And I just, I remember as a kid thinking that was the coolest thing I ever saw. <laughs> and that was the other thing is you had to watch those credits. You watch that song every time. That's part of why it's so ingrained. But you saw their names because they really show each and every one of them with their mm-hmm. name. And so like at the time, I could have told you all those people's names. And I probably had magazines with their dumb faces in them. <laughs> I don't know. I, there was also, there's a deep trout. I'm like... Donkey Lips is, is informing. He's trout. Yes. Citizen P- Pinsky. Citizen and there's Kane, a rosebud episode. joke. Like, is any actual kid watching this getting a rosebud joke at I the time? I like I have to say, every person who grows up to become a TV writer is obsessed with Citizen Kane and makes their shit about, like, I feel like so many shows have a Citizen Kane episode looking at you, Simpsons. Like, there's a Jerry Lewis joke in here. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not age appropriate. Like I think that's super common. I think it's just you just slide yeah. in there. I was watching uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic a number of years ago, and there was a big Lebowski joke. <laughs> <laughs> and it was that's like, great. wow. Everything goes right. with Big Lebowski. How are we not done Big Lebowski? Together? I don't know. Um, in the music, in the future, music will be done, will be made by computers and only for computers. Humans will never hear it. Sponge, <laughs> Sponge says. Yeah. Oh, I added this to the insult list. At one point, um, Donkey okay. Lips is leaning over Dina's shoulder, and uh, she goes, "Oh, your breath smells like a wet diaper." Yeah. <laughs> and she was very sweetie, and she felt like really bad about having to be me. To Donkey Lips. But I guess Donkey Lips and Telly had beef. And like in the credits, there's a spot where he kind of smacks at her and it was real. <laughs> she was really mad about it. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you get a bunch of whatever, 14, 15 year olds in a room and make them be on a show. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also like when they're trying to be in the first season, they're doing uh, Camp Counselor and the girls, there's only three of them. So two of them want to be the counselor and then they have to get ZZ to vote for them and at one point Dina says don't you dare try to turn this into anything other than a popularity contest and I just thought that was really funny (laughs) there were moments when she because she's like the shallow doofus but there were moments when she said stuff that was pretty like enlightened or meta about like and I thought that was pretty funny they bribed Ugg with a fancy uh fancy camp chair in the first in the first season did you see that Pat and then they end up carrying him on it no, I don't remember like that. Like Cleopatra. So that was pretty ridiculous. But I guess there – and then I read there was a whole big deleted scene where it went on and on. And I was like, that is probably for the best that it was a deleted scene. <laughs> <laughs> it was very strange. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the one with uh, Ugg's girlfriend? I missed that one. But I remember it a little bit from being a kid. 
Yeah, she's a pretty famous voice actress. Yeah, Dexter. Yep. Dexter's uh, Lab and uh, somebody Chucky. on Darkwing Duck. Oh, Chucky. Yep. Well, not Chucky, um, like the stabby doll, but like Chucky from Rugrats. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This not the stabby uh, doll. Stabby yeah. doll. <laughs> She's Goslin, right? Yeah, Goslin, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but in the second season of The Critic, I believe that she's Jay's love interest, although mm. I can't recall her name. I do remember the second season of The Critic. <laughs> I also really liked that show. <laughs> don't know if I'd like it now. <laughs> Probably not. I'm gonna be honest, I'm swing back. It's it's a lot of nineties New York humor. <laughs> Why did I think, why as a, like, 12-year-old was I watching Frasier and being like, yes, yes, hmm, interesting. Like, what the fuck? Like, why? I don't know. At one point, Budnick is wearing some truly hideous dual camo. There's, like, a camo, like, man tank top, and then there's, like, the camo cargo shorts, and they're, like, competing. He's very hard to see. He's mm-hmm. very hard to see. He's very sneaky. There's some good night. The episode that I watched to start this, I was like, wow, it was very early 90s fashion with the over. We talked about the oversized shirts for the the boys and lots yeah. of oversized shirts mm-hmm. going on. And like at one point, Telly's wearing bike shorts underneath her cutoff denim shorts, and nothing seems more uncomfortable to me on a hot day when you're trying to do sports ball. Like that's <laughs> so awful to me. I just mm-hmm. and she looked cool, and that's a thing people did, but I <laughs> You can't. I can't imagine. Um, I used to regularly go out in public with just like a neon colored sh- oversized shirt and bike shorts. Like, yeah, that was an outfit that I wore when I was this like age. Not maybe not as old as these kids. I was probably that was still in the. Do we have photographic evidence of this, Paul? Probably somewhere. <laughs> probably somewhere. I, I I hated jeans. I was like all about those bike bike shorts. All about the bike I shorts. I don't know why, but... Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> In the beginning episode, Telly has glasses and they break them. That's part of the plot point. But then we're all excited that she gets glasses as though... Or gets contacts as though, like, glasses are, like, a real downer to have to deal with. And I was like, I don't love that. Like... Yeah, yeah you know, later on, the one actress who played ZZ ended up getting braces in real life and then they just built that into yeah. the plot. So Which was uh, it's kind of a mixed message. Yeah, yeah. I mean I wasn't they didn't like act like it made her a nerd or anything, but they did like make a big deal that she got contacts and he's like, Oh, I can see your face and blah blah blah. Like mm. I feel like they always paired that Michael and Telly and then later Pinsky and Telly like they like had a lot of like moments together and you thought maybe like they would develop like, you know, wanting to smooch feelings, but I don't know that, that ever happened. Third season. Lost third season. Lost third season. <laughs> what would we have seen? Right. So many things. So which one of them grows up and becomes the like lame that like lives at camp forever and never like that ends up being the counselor and it becomes a new Ugg. Ugg. Yeah. It's got to be Budnick. Yeah, right. It's got to be. It's got to be right. Or maybe he's the new Zeke the plumber. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So I read right. something about Dr. Khan. That we yeah. never actually see Dr. Khan, that he's just no. like a voice off he's, screen. He's the creator's voice. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 You never see him. But there is an episode with his niece. And she's yeah, a little Yeah, I watched that pole. one. She's yeah. definitely a little shit. I remember that. It came on as I was rewatching, and I'm like, oh, I remember this. From being a kid, I remember thinking this kid was an asshole. And I also feel like every show had that episode. 
where there was a little kid who was like the principal's kid or the, Mm. you know, so-and-so's niece or cousin or whatever. And they got to like come in and fuck shit up for our heroes and not get in trouble. (laughs) I feel feel like they could have spiced the show up by putting Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Even just one episode. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There should have been a Salute Your Shorts Hey Dude crossover is what there should have been. I'll say that I'm surprised. You probably there were more seasons there would have been. Yeah, they would have gotten they definitely, especially if they would have moved them to Orlando and they all were filming at the same place. I feel like there would have been crossovers yeah. for sure. Um, I was surprised that we didn't see those actors in more of those like teen shows. Then at that time, a couple of them, like Pinsky, was on like Boy Meets World, and you know was on a couple other things. But I was kind of surprised that they more of them weren't on other stuff. I'm just surprised that most of them seem like they became sort of well-adjusted adults. Yeah, it was only like, for some of them, it was only just two years of their lives and then it was like over. But they were really famous. They There was a whole thing I read about them going and getting like autographs signed and then they went and competed in like the other Nick shows and they did a whole thing like at Disney and they were like, oh, I guess our show is popular now because like... At that time, like, you know, there wasn't social media, so they didn't really have a sense until they, like, went somewhere and they were, like, signing autographs and they were mm-hmm. overwhelmed with people. That's so funny. That must have been such a weird experience. And then all of a sudden, it, their show wasn't on anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they were still, like, they weren't, like, done with school. They still had to, like, go back to school after that, which is a weird vibe. What else? Anything else? Other than me trying really hard not to sing the entire theme song for you guys? <laughs> I mean, I would love to hear that. <laughs> We hold you in our hearts. They all. I just love how like Telly is just really bad at it, and in both they they like redid it for the second season, um, to add in Pinsky, and uh, they like like recreated it, and she's just as just as dreadful, which is funny. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't like the way Butnick hits makes me want to fart in the second season. I agree with much. you. It's better in the first season. It doesn't really doesn't, doesn't it. ring the same way. It makes me want to fart. He really like yells it more passionately in the. <laughs> In the first season. Um, but in the first one, Dina's a little bit confused about the pine trees. And then in the second one, they put a pine tree next to her and she pets it. And I remember that. Sat in the old pine tree and she pets it. They're sitting in a, they're sitting in like a kayak in the fucking room. Um, but they're in the same position on the piano and stuff again, like in the second. It was funny. I don't that that was a whole weird, a weird thing. But they did I always it like in, it when people in shows lift their hands off of the piano, but it continues to play. Oh, like Hug is playing and he like gestures back at Budnick, like yes. to, and but he's obviously still playing the piano. That's all get funny. it right or pay the price. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that does uh it's a good line. What he would pay the price for unclear because <laughs> He's a foil every time. Maybe, but maybe that's who gets the awful waffle. The awful waffle. Man, I when I was a kid, I was convinced that at some point they were going to like actually give the awful waffle to someone and we were going to like find out what it was. And that never happens. This is great unresolved tension of your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they'll be probably saving waffle. that for the series finale. Yeah. Yeah. For the crossover, <laughs> the epic film mm-hmm. uh, version. <laughs> Waffle, waffle. I always wanted to be part of a chant like that. Some sort of like weird, <laughs> weird culty chant. Uh, I was a weird loner kid. I just feel like. <laughs> I just want to be part of it. I, just want to be part- I don't want to be. I don't want to be the one giving it or getting it. I just. Yeah. want to be part just of a mob. Be in the mob. Like, that's right. <laughs> be the mob that you want to see in the world. I don't. That's not my personality at all. But I just remember as a kid, like being like, 
Camp seems fun, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. have thought that shit was fun at all. Not mm-hmm. at all. That is no thank you. Not for me. All right. All so right. Is this so going your this... canon? <laughs> uh, Patrick? No, no, no. No, no. No, I even, I even tried having one of my kids watch it with me, and they were like, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, obviously, this was a real winner for you. So. No, I look. I will say there is something. These peel back the layers of the show. There is something sort of nice about the earnest stupidity of this show. Like I get it. I get why it was popular at the time, but it's certainly not in my canon. Like I have no attachment to this, and I don't right. think it's worth going. There's other things I'm sure that will be my son's preteen weird shows that he watches that are now. But right, yeah. I feel I, I, it's sort of it. a, a sweet earnest stupidity of the show i get it i feel like it accomplished something new when it came out at least in what i was seeing um and it really hit like right at the right time for me that it really like made an impact on me but i can see how that time has passed (laughs) (laughs) both for me and the world has moved on if i may right if i may dark tower us uh the world has moved on from (laughs) that and i don't think um don't think I would, but I will uh, still enjoy that theme song. If I, if I should hear a reference, I will say it. And honestly, my daughter would think that's the funniest thing on earth because the height of humor for her is a fart joke of fart any joke. kind. Absolutely. So she would oh, really enjoy that. That's evergreen. Right? Yes, mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> Our yeah. jokes are evergreen. Um, well, thank you so much, Pat, for joining us to yeah. um, to talk about this, you know, masterpiece of cinema. And, well, thanks uh, for having me on. Totally. And, and making me watch this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. I, I know it was really a good, really highlight of your week. I'm sure, and I'm glad that you tried to inflict it on one of your kids. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good to hear. Um, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Making a difference in the world. Making That's a difference. A... One impressionable tween at a time. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Joe Costanza for rating our theme song. Find us online at NerdCanon on all the things. Join our Patreon, patreon.com slash NerdCanon. And we'll see you in two weeks with... I don't know anymore. You keep changing 16 candles. Schedule. 16 candles. Okay. I think with special guests. Cool. Yes. Um. So until next time... Keep the nerd alive. It makes me want to fart. <laughs>